0: Good to have you folks here. With us, we got some folks that are on vacation, traveling around different places, but it's good to have you all here with us. We've been looking at a series that came from the verse of Scripture found in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. But there are some things that God has given us to take a little bit of time. We've got to draw them out. We've got to bring them out from us. Sometimes we can bring things out from other people. We've looked at both of those aspects of of, uh, what God can do. Here today, we're going to be taking up, looking at a particular individual that God had spoke something to, but the understanding of it wasn't quite there. The correct understanding just wasn't quite there. And so we're going to take a look at that and how we can gain the, the right understanding. But here, the, this morning, as we, we start, how many of you have ever um, communicated to someone? And you spoke to them and you, and you said something to them and they did not get the right understanding. You said this, but they heard this. And you wonder, where did they, No, 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 that's not what I meant at all. Sometimes God has spoken things to us. And we come away with that understanding, and God says, no, 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 that's, that's not what I meant at all. But we go off, and that's what we think, and that's what we do. And it's sometimes easier for us to hear other people. You ever had somebody from church, other churches, other places, just believers, they come on up to you, and they say, God showed me this, and this is what I'm doing off of that. And you're thinking, what? That's crazy. You don't always say that out loud. But sometimes you're, you're thinking about that. Last week we were looking at that the enemy doesn't have to stop you from believing the truth as long as he can get you to believe something else. As Jesus said in his word, came to his disciples and he said to them, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, and of the Sadducees. And they thought, well, it's because we forgot to take bread. We look at that and say, how in the world did they get that out of what he said? But they did. And we looked at that and how we can sometimes get that wrong understanding of it. But we're going to take a look at a, a particular scripture that to this day, I hear people speaking the wrong understanding of this. Now, if you've been here for a while, we've gone over some of these things. you probably are, are familiar with this wrong interpretation. But as we're looking at this series, I want you to see how you can hear something from God and what you need to do to draw out the right meaning. To draw out what it's supposed to do to help you In Genesis chapter 37, beginning at verse 1, Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the land was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his, uh, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was a son of his old age. And he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brothers said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Many times we have spoken of the dreams of Joseph. And people even today out here hear people behind the pulpit. And they'll begin to speak about the dreams and how Joseph had the dreams that told him he would be a leader. And that is so false. These dreams have nothing to do with leadership. These dreams have nothing to do with Joseph ruling. That is not with these folks. That's not what Jesus was trying to convey to him. But what is interesting is that people will still hold to that. And they'll still go around teaching that he had dreams. That God spoke to him about being a ruler. And yet, in this very passage, the people who come up with that exact same interpretation are people who are filled by, according to the, according to the scriptures here, these people are filled with envy, jealousy, jealousy. Hatred said they couldn't even speak peaceably to Joseph. They they got all these these things working on the inside of them. How is the Spirit of God supposed to work in that environment? If you've got so much envy, even fears in there, because they're fearful of their their brother and what he'll take from them. They got all these things going on. How, How can these people Determine what it is that God's going to send. But they come up with this, this this determination. How are you going to reign over us? Why are we going to bow down to you? I don't think that's right. And and uh, there's been a lot made of why did Joseph share this? And sometimes we paint the picture that Joseph is this haughty, spoiled rich kid. And then uh, he wants to let them know, you know, God told me I'm going to be ruler over you guys. But I don't get that picture from Joseph on the rest of his life when we get the details of him. How does he change from one character and become something completely different the next time we see him? I think what was going on with Joseph was Joseph understood, here's this dream. There is something to this dream. And I'm not figuring it out. And how many people does Joseph have that he can go to? They don't have a whole lot of people that are God-fearing in the land of Canaan. There's a bunch of heathens in the land of Canaan. So the only ones he knows that are, that are God fearing don't like them. <laughs> but he goes in and he shares it with them and says, guys, I got this dream. I don't know what to make of it. I don't understand this, this, this thing. He's not there to pronounce something over them. He's, I think he's basically asking for help. There's something to this dream. I don't know what it is. Well, that just made them more mad. Then it says, he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon and the 11 stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers and his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Now we just looked at his father A little bit ago, remember, he came over to Esau. He got a word from God. Remember what that word was? Go back to the land of your fathers and I will be with you. And he went back in all kinds of fear and trembling. Maybe Esau will kill me. Let's split up the companies. Let's put one wife over here, another wife over here. This stuff over here. And then I'll, he devised a, a scheme in himself and he said I'll come up with a big present I'll give him I'll give it to him in waves. We'll have the first wave and then the second wave and then the third wave and God didn't tell him to do that. He told himself to do that. He's coming up with a way to to do this. But God said, "Go to the, go to your the land of your fathers, and I will be with you." So there was a direct word that he messed up. How much do you think he's messing up a dream? If you can't get a direct word straight, how are you going to, how are you going to get a dream straight? And he comes up with the exact same interpretation that the, the brothers did. Now I'm sure that left Joseph thinking, man, I, I just know there's something more to this. There's something this dream's trying to tell me, and I don't know what it is. I don't know what to do with this dream. But what it did, of course, it made them mad and then they decided to sell them into slavery and, and they were going to sell them into slavery anyway. This dream didn't cause it. It's, uh, you know, it's one of the things that they use to, to promote it. Remember, Judas, he was going to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that. He was going to do it before Jesus did some of the things he did that got him upset. The enemy just used those as occasions to push them further along. Sometimes the enemy will tell you, If you hadn't done that thing, you wouldn't have pushed this person over. No, they're probably going over the edge anyway. Now, make sure you listen to God. Don't do the things that you shouldn't have done. But he'll try and get you in bondage on that as well. Just because a person went over the edge, (laughs) doesn't mean you need to get all in condemnation about it. Now, if God tells you, you shouldn't have done that thing, go over there and ask for forgiveness and things like that. But otherwise, don't let the enemy put you in bondage. So he tells a dream, but he's probably looking for the answer and he's not quite getting it. So his brothers, they get an error. They get an error on this. So does uh, Jacob. They hear something. All they hear is rulership. But there's, there's a... You see, if Joseph doesn't get the true purpose of this dream, he will be unprepared in what is coming. He's got to get that true purpose out. And if he settled for leadership, if he settled for rulership, if he settled for they're going to come and bow down to me, that wouldn't have uh, that wouldn't have worked. Many people today hear what God says in light of a few things. They hear what God says in light of needs, failures, fears, prejudices. You can probably make that list go longer. I just gave you four. We'll stop at that but they hear what God says in light of fears. They hear what God says, but they take all their prejudices that they have and they interpret it in light of that. This is not what we're supposed to be doing. This is not the way that we're supposed to be operating. Folks, we need to to get out from these things. We need to get to a place where our fears don't dictate what we hear from God. That our uh, our needs. Well, I know I need this, so God must be speaking to me so that I can get that. It may not be. He may be speaking to you to help somebody else. But you see, we hear when these with these things, and if we put these these things on, we're not going to hear the the right thing. We're we're, we're going to hear something different. Now. Just because a a person is standing there with you and you say something to them doesn't mean that they heard the right thing. Just like we're not necessarily hearing God. Now I've I've related this story to you a number of times, but when I'm in the shop, I have a lot of loud machines that are going on, and so I wear these ear protectors, put them on to keep my ears from being damaged from all the sounds because there's a lot of noises and they can you know they can just they can do some damage to your ears and it muffles the sound some. You still hear it, but it muffles the sound some. And I have ones that I can attach to my phone, and I can hear sermons. I can hear podcasts of things that I want to listen to. I don't waste time on music. If you like to listen to music, you go right on ahead. I don't waste time on music. I like music. There's something music I like to sit back and listen to. But um, I generally want to stay in a learning mode. And so I'm always trying to, and to learn. And I'll tell you what, it's something else. Sometimes, what was it, one day this th- Thursday or Friday, I was in there a lot. And I was uh, having to do a lot of noisy things, and I must have had six hours of Word straight. And all I kept saying, "I need more. Oh, I need more. I need. To, I need to get some more." And but you know, I had to go do some other things, and, and couldn't keep those things on. But the more you get, I'll tell you what, the more you can feed off of, the more you the more you like. How many were up on Facebook this week? And I shared with you a uh, a, a sermon for you to go listen to. How many saw that? Anybody, raise your hand. Let me see. How many saw the sermon I put up there for you to listen to? Three, four, five, maybe five. Come on guys, get up there and listen to those things. I don't put them up there unless, unless they're important. That was, uh, Brother King Copeland put up one on words and, um, you do yourself a favor to go hear it. Now if you don't want to, then don't. But you do yourself a favor to, to go out there and to, and to hear that thing and uh, and to check it out i got plenty more. If you all start listening to them, put some comments up on there. I'll say, hey, they like these things. I'll go out and get you some more. Because I'll hear a mess of them in the week. And I could pull out one or two every week and send them to you. But, you know, I put that up there. I said, leave me a comment if you listen to it. Guess how many comments I got. <laughs> I didn't get any. So I'm assuming nobody listened to it. That's all right. I don't get offended. I don't get mad. I don't waste my time with that sort of stuff. I will just keep them to myself. But it was a good one. I don't hear too many by Brother, Hay- Brother Copeland. Um, but he was behind the pulpit. I love him when he gets behind the pulpit. And he was good, doing some, some great teaching on that. So get on up there. Now you, now you know about it. Go up there and find it. And listen. Because it will help you out. But you see, these things will they'll get us to hear the wrong thing. And so I put these, these headphones on. And sometimes I have people who, who come to the front of the garage. A delivery person or something. And they speak to me. Like I can hear them, I can't, because not only is the earphones on that muffle the sound, but uh, if they, if I wasn't playing anything in them, I could hear them. But I'm, I'm playing something. Someone's speaking in my ear, so I can't necessarily, can't necessarily hear that. I was out doing a bike ride, and I have little earphones that I put on that because I still listen to Word even when I'm out there doing something like that. And but these are, they don't block your ear. Um, but I had them on and I was listening to, to somebody p- preaching and doing some things. And there was a delivery guy who saw me come to the house. And so he walked over and says, hey, we got this for you. And so I, I said, hold on a minute. I had to push the button to stop talking because I couldn't hear what he was saying. Because I was uh, I was listening to what was, what was going on. You see, sometimes other things are coming into our ears and they keep us from hearing the message of someone speaking to us. Don't let that happen with God. The most important message you get is what God says. Then after you get the message, you've got to get the understanding. You've got to find out what it is that God said. So many people come out of here and they get this idea that what Joseph heard was you are going to be a ruler. Prepare to be a ruler. You tell me one thing in his life he did to prepare to be a, a ruler. Tell me one thing he did. Going through all the things in the Bible, what did Joseph do to prepare himself to be a ruler? He didn't do a thing, did he? He was a slave? Well, he ruled the household. Uh, yeah, okay. Are you going to take somebody who ruled a household and put them over the land of Egypt? That's not necessarily what we're, what we're, we're looking at doing here. See, there was something more that he was supposed to get. And he did get it. He didn't have any help, but he did get it. Genesis chapter 42 verse 1. Let's do some reading. When Jacob saw that there was grain in Egypt, Jacob said to his sons, Why do you look at one another? (laughs) I like that line. Can you imagine this? Here's the eleven brothers. are all sitting around. What are we going to feed these flocks with? I don't know. I can't find any more food. What are we going to eat? I don't know. I can't find any more food. And they're sitting there looking at each other. I don't know what we're going to do. We can't find any food. You see, if Joseph had been there, what would Joseph have done? Guys, let's get some action. All right, let's figure out what's going on. He's a man of action. Let's get a plan. Let's figure out where we're going. Let's figure out what we're doing. What do these guys do? Man, I don't know what to do. Dad comes out. Stop looking around at each other. Get out there and do something. I hear that there's grain in Egypt. Go down there and get some. (laughs) Now, if he heard it, don't you think they would have heard it? So he comes over there, light a fire under them. Indeed, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down to that place and buy for us there, that we may live and not die. So Joseph's ten brothers went down to buy grain in Egypt, but Jacob did not send Joseph's brother, Benjamin, Joseph's brother Benjamin with his brothers. For he said, lest some calamity befall him. And the sons of Israel went to buy grain among those who journeyed, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. Now Joseph was governor over the land, and it was he who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the earth. Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them, but he acted as a stranger to them and spoke roughly to them. Then he said to them, "Why do you? where do you come from? And they said, from the land of Canaan to buy food. So Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. Then Joseph remembered the dreams which he had dreamed about them and said to them, You are spies. You have come to see the nakedness of the land. Now look at the way this is phrased here. He saw they came and they bowed down. Joseph has this thing set up that if you're going to be a foreigner and you're going to buy grain, you must come through me. Why does he do that? Why does this great organizer bottleneck the whole process by saying, if you're a foreigner, you've got to come to me. I'm sure the Egyptians didn't all come to him. He's probably got other people delegated for that. But if you are a foreigner, he probably tells them, if you're a foreigner and they want bread, you make sure they come to me. I want to see all the foreigners want to buy grain. And he may have even sowed the seed then and said, hey, we've got to make sure that there's no spies coming into the land. And so they set it up. So if a foreigner came, they came over here by Joseph. Joseph checked them out. And here they all came. They They, they were called in before the ruler. Oh man, this is... I don't know if this is good or if this is bad. This is I don't know. They may have tried to reassure him and say, hey, look, this is just procedure. This is just what we do. So come on in, you know, and bow down. And they may have even told him, you know, when he comes in, bow down. So they did. They just bowed down. And and Joseph went on and was working with it. But it says here, he remembered the dreams. Plural. He didn't remember the dream where they all brothers all came and bowed down. He remembered what? The dreams. Now, we skipped over all this part way back when we did a whole series on Joseph. We made sure we covered it, but we're just kind of brushing through a lot of this part of it here. Every time that Joseph, in the Word of God, that we have him interpreting dreams, there's always two of them. There was the two dreams that came in prison. There was the two dreams that Pharaoh had. Everything came in twos. And it's teaching Joseph a principle. It may not be an overall principle, but it's at least a principle to work with Joseph. Joseph, when I speak in dreams, the second dream helps you understand the first dream. And that's how it was. The second dream would help the the first dream be understood. Or at least shed light on it. And so it wasn't just that they had the first dream. The first dream by itself wouldn't teach him what he needed to have. He needed the second dream. And you put the two dreams together... And it helped him to get to the point where he knew what was going on. Now, just out of curiosity to see how deep I have to get into this, how many people were never here before when we went over the dreams and showed you that rulership is not what's in mind? How many here were not here before when we did that? Oh, more than I thought. Okay. And we'll spend a little bit more time and make sure that you, you get it. I don't want to just brush through this thing and just think I'm reviewing with you when it may be new to you. So you folks that already know this, just bear with me a little bit. We're going to get into a little bit more detail than maybe I was, was going to anyway. But here we got the two dreams. The first dream is what? Is the brothers. All the brothers came and they bow down. And the second dream... 11, specifically mentions the number, 11 brothers and the mom and dad all came and bowed down. So here we got the two dreams. And so Joseph has to seek after God. God, what does these dreams mean? I don't understand. What am I supposed to prepare for? What am I supposed to do with these dreams? I have these dreams. I don't know what's supposed to go on with this thing. What are you preparing me for? What are you getting me ready for? And then when the brothers came in, and here they came and they bowed down, And it says, Joseph remembered the dreams. And he begins to do something. Look at what he does. Joseph remembered the dreams which he had dreamed about them and said to them, you are spies. You have come to see the nakedness of the land. Hmm. You are spies. You have come to see the nakedness of the land. If he remembers the dream... Is he not remembering that God sent the dream? More than likely, by this point, God has spoken to him the meaning of the dreams. So then he is bringing in the meaning of what God said. If God told him to act harshly to his brothers, wouldn't that seem out of character with God? I'd share with you this this principle. Somebody asked me a question or we were dealing with something. And it and um, this thing came came up and I shared that with you I learned something out of it but if God is sharing something with you and it causes you to act against his word why would God continue to share things right so Joseph is going to act in a godly way now here's what's really odd he is going to act harshly to them. For Some reason remembering the dreams, remember he remembers the dreams, so he sought after God for the meaning of the dreams. What is the meaning of the dream? God gave him the meaning of the dreams, and he remembers the dreams, so he goes into motion. So, first off, we have he said, No, you guys are spies, you guys are spies. And when they got with other people, said, I've never seen him act like this to anybody, I don't know why he's treating you this way. But he remembered the dreams. And they said to him, No, my lord, but your servants have come to buy food. We are all one man's sons. We are honest men. Your servants are not spies. But he said to them, No, but you have come to see the nakedness of the land. And they said, Your servants are twelve brothers, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. And in fact, the youngest is with our father today, and one is no more. But Joseph said to them, It is as I spoke to you, saying you are spies. In this manner you shall be tested. By the life of Pharaoh you shall not leave this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one of you and let him bring your brother, and you shall keep him in prison, that your words may be tested to see whether there is any truth in you or else. By the life of Pharaoh surely you are spies. So he put them all together in prison for how long? They were in prison for three days all together. Did you remember that part about this story? That he put them in prison for three days together. What are you going to do when you're in prison? Ten brothers, so you're with nine of your brothers, all in the same prison. What are you going to do? I can tell you what they did. They fought and disputed a little bit. Because <laughs> Brothers can do that. How many of y'all you know brothers? We can get under each other's skin. And they began to think that this is because of something we did. It's because of what we did to Joseph. That's why we're being treated this way. And they're, they're going to come in there and they're going to tell him that. But he puts them in prison for three days. And what's his plan? I'm going to keep all of you here. I'm going to send one of you home. You'll get the little brother and come on back. That's the plan, right? Okay, keep that in mind. Then Joseph said to them the third day, Do this and live, for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers be confined to your prison house, but you go and carry grain for the famine of your houses, and bring your youngest brother to me, so your words will be verified, and you shall not die. And they did so. Then they said to one another, We are truly guilty concerning our brother, for we saw the anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us, and we would not hear. Therefore, this distress has come upon us. And Reuben answered them, saying, Did I not speak to you, saying, Do not sin against the boy? And you would not listen. Therefore, behold, this, his blood is now required of us. But they did not know that Joseph understood them, for he spoke to them through an interpreter. So even though he knew the language, he spoke to them using an interpreter. So he spoke in the Egyptian language and the interpreter would translate it over to Hebrew. But he didn't need one. I've spoken to before, Brother Rick Renner. uh, He he pastors uh, a church over in in Russia. In fact, his church right now is right down the road from from the Kremlin, Red Square. Got a church right there. I don't know if I mentioned this to you before, but when they dedicated that church, when they dedicated the church, uh, Putin sent representatives not to spy on them, but to honor them. And then he, it's, that's cool. Whenever you look at all the things going on with Rick Venner, just know you folks have a hand in it because we send support money over to Rick Venner and the ministry they're doing over there in Russia. But I say all that to say this. When he speaks in the church and he preaches, he preaches with an interpreter. He speaks in English and the interpreter speaks in Russian. He says, I heard heard him share this one time, he says, I don't need an interpreter. I can speak in Russian. I'm fluent. He says, I use an interpreter because people come to church because they want to hear English. (laughs) They want to hear English. So he, he speaks in English and then uses the interpreter for those people who don't know English, but they want to hear English. They want to learn English. I'm not sure why, but that's what he said about it. So if you ever watch one of his things over there and you wonder why is he using an interpreter, it's because the people want that. He can speak in Russian. Just kind of a, a fun little note. But that's what Joseph is doing here. He does not need an interpreter. But he'd blow his cover, maybe if he if he didn't. So he goes and he does this. So they didn't know that Joseph understood him, and he turned himself away from them and wept. Then he returned to them again and talked with them, and he took Simon or Simeon from them and bound him before their eyes. Simeon, of course, is the second born, second oldest of the sons, not the oldest, second one. Simeon and Levi they came. They were the brothers. Of course, had their great anger and rose up in the Dinah incident. That they came up. If you don't know what that is, go back a couple chapters. You'll, you can read about it. But he says, all right, we're just going to keep one of the brothers. The rest of you go and take some food back for your family. So if you're, what you're saying is true, they have some food and, and, uh, and so forth. But as he's, he's doing this, he's being very harsh, very, very mean with them. And how many of you know, if your brothers threw you in a pit, sold you into slavery... How many of you would be a little bit mean? And we kind of read that and we think this is just the way it's supposed to be. But it says here that he went away and wept. Now, if you have to go away and weep and then come back after you compose yourself, how many, doesn't that say that you are doing something that's bringing you sadness? Doing something you don't want to do? So Joseph is executing a plan that he doesn't want to do. His heart's not in this. So where does the plan come from? If Joseph is doing a plan that's not in his own heart, where does the plan come from? It comes from God. How did Joseph get the plan of God on what to do in this situation? Because he meditated on the dreams. We'll show it to you. I think it's pretty clear what goes on with with the dreams. But let's go on and and read. We're going on, I believe, to uh, another chapter. Let's take a look at this. Genesis chapter 44. Now what happened, I'm going to kind of run through this. This is what happened in between where we just left off and where we're picking up here. They go on back to their dad. And they said, Dad, we're missing one. He probably counted. He says, there's only 90. Where's the other guy? And we're missing one, but the, I mean, the guy, he spoke harsh to us. He was mean. And I don't know why he he pulled us out, but he pulled us out and and we told him the whole story. We tried to tell him just to be straight up and honest with him. We told him the whole story. We told him we were brothers 12, that one was, one was no more and that um, one was still here with you. And so he locked us up in prison for three days that we were locked up in prison. And then he decided to release us instead of holding all of us and sending one back. He decided to hold one and he sent all of us back with some food. And uh of course if you read the story, you know that he also gave them their money back for the food. Put their money back in the in the sacks. They thought it was a mistake, but he gave them their money back. And so he says, But uh he says, We can't go back. Can't go back unless we bring Benjamin with us. we got to bring Benjamin. And so the dad said I'm not ready to let Benjamin go. He's the the only son I have left from Rachel. I'm not ready to let him go. I'm not going to send him. And so he didn't send them. They just ate up the food that they brought. until the food was gone. And their brother said, we need to go back to Egypt and get some food. But we're not going without Benjamin. Because we saw the way he looked at us. We saw the way he talked with us. We're not going without Benjamin. I'm not sending Benjamin. you got to send Benjamin or we're not going back for food. So reluctantly, the dad finally says, Alright, take Benjamin. But if you don't bring him back, just kill me now. So this is how much love he had for Simeon. <laughs> he's an acceptable sacrifice. We can, we can we can let Simeon go. We got some food. Simeon, he's expendable. That'll make him feel good, won't it? <laughs> Simeon's probably back there, man, if I was Joseph. <laughs> He'd be down here in no time at all. What's taking him guys so long? Can you imagine me and Simeon? You're locked in prison. Waiting. 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 You know how long it took you to get the one trip? And so you know how long it takes to get back and get back again. So you kind of been doing the days, you know, right? But it took seven days to get here. I don't know that it took seven days. If it took seven days to get here, then seven days to get home, and then seven days to get back, man, we're on day 45. What's going on here? It don't take that long. Maybe dad's decided I'm acceptable loss. He's probably figured all this stuff out. He knows his dad. He don't want to send Benjamin. Oh, man. I'm going to be stuck here. And so they they send Benjamin on down. He sees him and says, All right, you're not spies. Everything is good. Uh, go ahead and take the grain. And so they loaded up the grain they wanted to buy. And then Joseph pulls the guys aside and he says... Uh, put the money back in their sacks and rocks. I forgot to tell you that part, but when they came back the second time, I said, hey, look, there was a mistake. They gave us our money back, but here's the money that we brought you before, and here's more money to buy more grain. Um, and Joseph said, there's no mistake. Keep your money. I got paid. Now, get your grain, and they send us one away. But he tells his guys, he had good guys. I'll tell you what. Hey, good guys. He said, guys, I want you to do, I want you to take my cup, and I want you to put it in Benjamin's sack. And um you kind of bury it in there so you don't see it right away. And just, just hide it. And can you imagine one of the guys, they're coming out there and they're hiding this thing, says, man, this, he is messing with these people. I mean, he's in there yelling them the first time they come down, then locks them up in prison for three days, then sends them on their way, and then we have to sneak the money back into their sacks. And then he tells them, I got your money. And then we got to put their money back in their sacks again. And then sneak this cup in. And then when he gives the order, go run after those guys and see if they have my cup. What do you think the guys are thinking? Well, we know he's got the cup. We put it there. <laughs> so he sends the, uh, the soldiers on out. And so they get on down and they say, uh, look... We didn't take any cup. We had, nobody stole anything. He says, yeah, yeah, one of you guys took the cup. And so they say, look, whoever you find a cup with, he can become your slave. And they say, that's fine. And so they start with the oldest. That'd be Reuben. They go back over to Simeon. I was just in jail. <laughs> go back over to Levi. Go all the way on down. Benjamin is the last one because he's the youngest. And so they get to the Benjamin, and there's the cup. Oh, can you just imagine the, the, the people? Oh, man. Of all the guys to do this, Benjamin? Can you imagine the boys as they're talking? Because they can talk in Hebrew, and supposedly not be understood. Benjamin, really? <laughs> and Benjamin's probably saying, I didn't do it. I didn't take anything. It's, it, I didn't put it there. I don't know what's going on. And so this kind of conversation is, is happening. And so they haul him back, says, uh, he says, uh, don't, don't, don't do this. And he's, no, 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 we're, we're taking him back. He's going to be our prisoner. So they all go back. Every one of them. They all go back. And this is where we pick up in verse 16. Then Judah came near to, to him, to Joseph. And he said, Oh my Lord, please let your servant speak a word in my Lord's hearing. And do not let your anger burn against your servant, for you are even like Pharaoh. My Lord asked his servants, saying, Have you a father or a brother? And we said to my Lord, We have a father, an old man, and a child of his old age, who is young. His brother is dead, and he alone is left of his mother's children. His father loves him. Then you said to your servants, Bring him down to me, that I may set my eyes on him. And we said to my Lord, The lad cannot leave his father. And if you remember the episode when he he first saw Benjamin, that he was so moved, he had to actually excuse himself from the room. And then he came back. This whole thing is tearing him apart to do this. Because it's, a, it's not his plan. Then, your servant said, then you said to your servants, Bring him down to me, that I may set my eyes on him. And we said to my Lord, The lad cannot leave his father, for if he should leave his father, his father would die. But you said to your servants, Unless your youngest brother comes down with you, you shall see my face no more. So it was when we went up to your servant, my father, that we told him the words of my Lord. And our father said, Go back and buy us a little food. But we said, we cannot go down if our youngest brother is with us. Then we will go... Then, If our youngest brother is with us, then we will go down. For we may not see the man's face unless our youngest brother is with us. Then your servant, my father, said to us, You know that my wife bore me two sons. The one went out from me, and I said, Surely he is torn to pieces, and I have not seen him since. But if you take this one also from me, and calamity befalls him... You shall bring down my gray hair with sorrow to the grave. Now therefore, when I came to your servant, my father, and the lad is not with us, since his life is bound up in the lad's life, it will happen when he sees that the lad is not with us, that he will die. So your servants will bring down the gray hair of your servant, our father, with sorrow to the grave. For your servant became surety for the lad to my father, saying, If I do not bring him back to you, then I shall bear the blame before my father forever. Now, therefore, please let your servant remain instead of the lad as a slave to my Lord. And let the lad go up with his brothers. For how shall I go up to my father if the lad is not with me? Lest perhaps I see the evil that would come upon my father. What a discourse. What a change from when they dealt with Joseph. You see, Joseph knew his father still favored Benjamin. And all the favor that was on him is now on Benjamin. Plus all the favor that Benjamin had before. He knew that Benjamin was getting the royal treatment. And that, that could have instilled some bad things inside of his brothers. But here they had an opportunity to take Benjamin out and they had no hand in it. In fact, they did everything to try and prevent it. And they would not let it happen. They rose up in defense of Benjamin and Judah, the ruling tribe of Judah, the fourth born. Judah rose up and he says, no, 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 this can't happen. My father will die. It is better that I stay. Take me instead of the lad. I will go in his place and I will be your servant. He's a scrawny little kid spoiled from the day he was born. I don't know if he said that or not, <laughs> but he could have. I've been working in the fields all my life. I'm strong. I'm ready to, to carry on. I can do whatever it is that you need to be done around here far better than Benjamin can. Take me. Take me. I'm the one. I'm the one who needs to go. But don't take the lad. Don't take him. It would, it would kill his father. I'll tell you what. I love the chapter that comes after this. Not gonna take time to read it, but if you want some good reading, when you get on home, read it. Here's what happened. Joseph, he can't contain it anymore. And he tells everybody, clear the room. I want this room cleared. I want this room gone. So clear, clear the room, he says. Now if you look at today, you know, watch the TV shows today and some of the police shows and stuff, how many times have you seen it come on that, uh, yeah, uh, the the government officials, you know, the higher ups—they got security clearance and stuff like that. And they all say, uh, "Can I have the room?" You ever heard them say that? "Can I have the room?" That's the same thing they're saying here. Clear the room, Joseph. Basically saying, "I need the room, guys. Y'all need to leave." And so everybody clears out. No interpreter now. What are you thinking if you're the guys? Wait, the interpreter just left. How are we going to understand anything that he has to say? Because the interpreter has gone. Don't you you want him to to stay here? He's gone. I don't understand. What's going on? They've got to be bewildered. What's going on here now? Is he just going to cut off our heads? Because he's been rough with them the whole time. And Joseph breaks down into tears. And he says to them, Guys, it's me. It's Joseph. Come here. And I'll come in for a group hug. He says, guys, I don't hate you at all. I love you. This thing's been tearing me apart to be doing this. But Judah, what you said, now we have the plan of God. Because up until now, this thing that you did with me Has haunted you. And the enemy is able to use it against you. And he's able to tear you into pieces. Because of what you did. You needed this opportunity. To just as you turned your backs on me. You rose up and defended Benjamin. You are no longer the same guys. Who sold me into slavery. You are different people now. And God needs you to see that you are different people. Because He's got a great call in your life. And if you keep seeing yourself as those old guys who threw me in the pit, you won't answer the call. You won't do what God has for you. You've got to overcome that. You've got to get past it. So I did all this so that you guys know for sure you are not the same people that you will rise up and defend and you will give your life instead of taking one. Then he goes on and he says, now you meant this for evil, but God meant it for good. God turned this around for good. Don't you think I hold a thing against you because I would not be in this place doing these things except for the path that I was set on. You see what happened was there were two dreams. The first dream the brothers came and bowed down. The second dream mom and dad came and bowed down. Why the two dreams? Because the dreams were not about the bowing down. The dreams were about what happens when we start this thing in motion and the brothers come and bow down. And what happens when we finish this thing? What happens in between these two dreams? And the plan that Joseph has kicks in the moment he sees his brothers come and bow down. And the plan finishes when he says, is my father still alive? Yes. Good. So what I want you to do. I want you to go. I want you to move them. I want you to move my father. I want you to bring the rest of the family. I want you to bring all your stuff. And I want you to bring it down here. I've got an entire land to put you guys in. And we're all going to be together. And we have plenty of food to take care of you. You don't have to keep sending back for food. we got you covered. And everything was about the two dreams. If he had settled for the meaning that so many people come, come away with, you are called to be a ruler. Get ready to be a ruler. He would never have done what God had needed to accomplish. We all look at Joseph and his big thing is that he got all this food for the people and food for Israel. But it was way beyond that. Joseph provided the opportunity for his brothers to see the change, to see themselves as different, and to become the leaders of the 12 tribes of Israel. Because after them, every single one of them had something they did that held them back. Every one of them did something, disqualified them. And now the enemy could not hold us over them anymore. He was not just there to feed their mouths. He was there to heal their hearts. And that's what he did. But you see, that didn't come. That meeting didn't come to him just in an instant. That meeting of rulership came to his brothers in an instant, came to his father in an instant. But the real meaning of that dream wouldn't come until he, he pondered it. He meditated upon it. It may have taken him a number of years before, before he figured out that the two dreams worked together. But he eventually did learn that and we see him use that when he interprets other dreams. Somewhere along the, that point, folks, he got the plan from God of what to do when the brother showed up. And so when his brothers came and bowed down, what did the word of God say? Joseph remembered the dreams. God has spoken some things to you, folks. But have you settled for what came instantly? Instead of waiting, to find out the meaning that God intended? Once you get a revelation from God, once God speaks the revelation to you, He may speak it into your spirit. He may give you a dream. He may give you a vision. He may give you something along those lines. Whatever it is, when He gives the revelation to you, you write the revelation down. And then ponder it. Meditate upon it. Because there is a greater meaning that is to be had. But it won't come to you right away. What comes to you in an instant is not the thing that God is probably trying to get you to understand. Something greater is there. And Joseph pressed in. He's going to find out what is it that God is speaking to me? What is it that God is saying? God is teaching me something. God is trying to prepare me for something. If Joseph wouldn't have sought after God on these dreams, would he have been ready with the plan when his brothers showed up? But as it was, he was ready and he put that plan in operation. God has spoken some things to you. God has got some things to 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 be speaking there's some things that may be hindering you and as we we're worshiping here today as the presence of God was here and we were ministering to the Lord together. There's a couple of things that, that, that came to me. And Sister Ara, God has spoken some things to you and the meaning of it is not quite clear. The reason for it is there's some things that you've misunderstood outside of that. But the revelation that he's spoken to you will lead you along a path to clear up those things and his meaning will be clear. Now, judge, judge that, make sure that it's, you know, uh, and just, just because I tell you it is, it doesn't mean it, that it is. But you see, I don't press into God for what that means. I don't, I don't. After this, I won't think about it again. Because it's not for me to press into. It's for it's for her to press into, to figure that out. I don't need to press into it. I don't need to know what it's about. I don't need to know anything about it. It's not for me to know. But. But God will speak to you. Sometimes we have a, an understanding on something that our understanding, well, I think this is how God works. I think this is what the word means here. I think this is what's, what happens over here. And that understanding can hinder us from under, from gaining what he's trying to get us to understand. We're, we're just not getting it. But it's not just just those kind of things. Because while we're in worship today too, Chelsea, the Lord, the Lord spoke to me about something. There is something God has spoken to you on. But there's another area. It's not something that you don't understand. It's another area that's keeping you bound up from, from understanding its meaning. That's all I'm supposed to say. <laughs> there's a little bit more that I could have said on that. But I wasn't, wasn't freed up to tell you, say that. I still don't know what it's about. I don't need to know what it's about. That's not for me to, to press in and to find out. You see, it wasn't for the brothers to press in and find out what that dream mean. It wasn't for the father to press in and find out what that dream mean. It's for Joseph. When God speaks unto to you, it's for you to press in and find out what does God mean with that. And don't settle for a lesser purpose. Go in there and draw the thing out. When that water is in the well, it doesn't just come up and meet you. You've got to go down there and get it. You've got to do some work. It doesn't just come to you. But press in. Press in and get it. Oh, Because God has some good things for you. God, if God spoke something to you, then there's an understanding He wants you to get. An understanding that you almost need to have. If if God gives me a revelation in something, I know i got to press in to get a full understanding. Because there's some, there's a need about that. It may not be a need now. It wasn't a need for Joseph then. It wasn't a need for what? 17 years later, I think is what it was, that he was um, elevated? something along those lines. And then uh, a few more years for the brothers to come along. It wasn't a pressing need. When God shares something with you, it's not a pressing need. He gives you time. But press in and and pull it out. Don't just take the shallow meaning. Don't just take whatever comes to your head about it. Because that's probably not it. There are times I've studied the Word and as I'm studying the Word or or listening to somebody teach on the Word, and something, something gets me on it. Oh, I, mm, there's something to that. There's something more in that that I need to get. There's something more that I need to, I need to press into, and I need to have. And we we press into it, and and get it, because right now it's not urgent. I've got time to get it. Don't get yourself into an urgent place. That's a bad spot. But God will speak to you. Now how old is Joseph when this this is spoken to him? Not very old. probably in his teens. He's not very old. When God speaks this thing out there to him. And he gave him, gave him a dream. How old was um, was Daniel when God began to speak to him? And he had to press in to find out what God was were sharing on those things as well. How old was Samuel when God spoke to him? Wasn't very old. Even younger than, than Joseph was. He was very, very young. And God spoke to him and had some things to say to him. No matter where you are in life, God's ready to speak to you. He's ready to prepare you for things that are ahead. You don't have to be surprised. Listen to the things that God says. Always write them down. I've shared this with you for as many years as I think as, a, as I've been here. But I carry a book around. Beside carrying a book around, I've shared with you certain certain apps. On my phone, I have an app called. You all know what it is. I've told you about it. Evernote. If I put something on Evernote on my phone, I can see it on my computer. But I'll stop and I'll put the note in. I'll stop and I'll write down. I carry a pen. I carry that book around. If God gives me something, I stop and I write it down. I may not fully understand it. I don't have to, but I need to write it down. Now I'll go away and I'll ponder it. I'll think on it. And I'll let God speak to me. And it'd be kind of like uh, Daniel when he had the vision. What What did the angel come and say? God has sent me and said, make him understand the vision. (laughs) make him understand the vision. God can make you understand the thing. Why didn't he just give me the understanding all at once? Because some things, folks, we need to draw out. We need to go down. We need to get them. Not everything is handed to you easy. Some things take some work. And... We gain more from it. when We put some work into it. It stays with us a lot more. You guys, in the back there, who played sports. Those victories you gain because you worked hard mean a lot more than ones when you don't. Would you all stand up with me? Glory to God. Father, we thank you that you indeed do speak to us You have spoken, and you will continue to speak. I thank you every person in this room has or can hear the words of God, that you can speak to them about things that are coming up, things that will prepare them, about questions they may have. You have answers to give. Father, I thank You for the words that You speak. Once we have those words, once You've spoken those words and we write them down and we carry them with us and we meditate on them, we go over them, we go over them and over them and over them and over them. We keep meditating. We don't want our head to figure it out. We want it to come up in our spirit. And all of a sudden, the enlightenment comes. The light turns on and we see. Ah! That's what God meant. That's what God's getting me ready for. That's what God wants me to do. That's His plan. And then when we follow that plan, we don't need to be fearful along the way. Just as you spoke to Jacob in the chapters before, and you told him to go back to the land of his fathers and that you would be with him, that that meant no harm would come to him That meant that no one could do harm to him. Take things away from him. That he did not need to fear. But he did. Father when you speak these words to us. It assures us of your love. Of your plan. Your purpose. And then we set out in that direction that you told us to do. We follow that plan that you gave us to follow. And we do that thing that you told us to do. We have the confidence to know that it's a good thing. No matter what people tell us, no matter what we feel, we can hang on to the word that you spoke to us. I thank you that Joseph was an example for us. who didn't take the surface meaning of a dream. He pressed in find out the real meaning. What are you really trying to get me to understand here? And you'll do that with us as well. Glory to God. With every head bowed, no one looking around. If you're here today and you say, God has spoken some things to me. I don't quite have the understanding of them yet. Raise your hand up. God has spoken some things to me. I don't quite have the understanding of them yet. All right, Father, you see these hands? They're seeking after you for the answer. I thank you that you spoke these things to them. And I thank you that the answer is coming. I give you the glory and the praise for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Before we go today, we do want to lay hands on our group who are going to Bethel for the the school. Things that are, are going on. As we said in the bulletin, if any of you hadn't been able to put in a pledge yet for that, the cards are on the back table if you want to, to be able to do that. Just somewhere in the next two months. You can um you can give that. We'll make sure that they get the money right away to take care of the things that they have. But uh I'll ask our, our three to come on up. Chelsea, Melissa, Nikolai. They'll be leaving tonight. Plane leaves at five thirty. And Start classes in the morning, coming back on just about two weeks Saturday in the in the early morning hours. Ushers, if you have any prayer requests or uh, prayers reports, go ahead and pass them one along and we'll get to them here. Glory to God. Well folks, these you folks are sending them. And we're gonna read back some some of the things that are learning. We know no matter where it is they go, Brother Hagin just always tell us, wherever it is we go, have enough sense as a horse. I'll tell you the same thing. Have as much sense as a horse. Eat the hay, leave the sticks. That's what the horse does. That's a nice simple way for him to, to put it. But the people you're going to be learning from, God has anointed, God has put in certain places, to do certain things. Draw from them. Pull out all that they got. glean from it and bring it all back. <laughs> I look forward to, to, to what you have for us in worship after this. Ask my wife to come on up too. Let's lay hands on them. <laughs> in the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you for the mind of Christ that Chelsea has to receive all the things that you have for her draw off that anointing that is there and that you will speak to her the things that prepares her makes her ready for the things that are to come give you the glory and the praise for it Father I thank you the fires will be lit others will be stoked you will move her to the areas that you have for her we thank you for it Glory to God. In the name of Jesus, Nikolai, we pray that do receive all the things that God has for you out there. Things from the teachers, things from those you rub shoulders with, things from those that are spoken in the classes, and the things that the Spirit of God will speak to you in the classes. In the name of Jesus, receive Amen. all that God has. Oh, and that's that fire of worship be lit even stronger on the inside of you. Glory to God. and In the name of Jesus, Alyssa, draw off that anointing that is present all around you in the places that you go. Every class, every service, every opportunity. Those things that are around you, those things that God has placed you in the midst of. Glory to God. Draw from the power. Draw from the wisdom. Draw from the understanding. And all that God has for you. You'll be led into and you will find. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. What well, we can pray for? Them. We pray for them for their, for their time here. Oh, we ought to pray for the trip. Father, we just thank you for a good, smooth flight out there. Hallelujah. We pray for a good, smooth flight back. We thank you, Father, we can receive those things. Glory be to God. Thank you for the, for the work on that. Just going away, just ironing out things that the devil would just like to wrinkle. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. But every day you can pray for them to receive. We're bringing them back things for us to glean from as well. So we, we look forward to that. All right. Do we have anything in the in the in the back? All right. Uh, Ray was giving us one in the back, and we did not read that out to the folks. So, Angie's still in the still in the hospital. She they were giving thought to send her down to Philly, but um, they don't think they're going to do that right now. They want to do another procedure on her for uh, to to make the 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 duct bigger or the stent bigger. Uh, yeah. And they've increased her diet back up to, like, a CHO, uh uh carbohydrate-controlled diet. Okay. So it's an increase, and hopefully her drainage continues to be low, and they can pull the drain, and then maybe we don't need this other procedure. So that's where we are. So no prospect right now for when they'll release her. Right. Yeah. Okay. Because they're waiting on that procedure to get done, and... Oh. Very good. Alright, um, I appreciate the visits that you folks have gone out there and do. I know I, I saw, uh, one meal came on in. I don't know if uh, you received any other ones. But, um, if anyone wants to make meals, I uh, sent, it's, uh, low fat. Low fat or no fat? Low fat. Yeah, low. <laughs> low fat. <laughs> Not no fat. <laughs> okay, I got that. Isn't it good to see Aral here today? I'll tell you. Now I did talk with her before the service, and she's going to look into uh, maybe not this Wednesday, but maybe the following Wednesday, uh, doing a presentation for us on what happened over in the the trip that she went to. So um, we'll update you with that on, on Sunday. She was working on getting some of the pictures because we can put pictures up there on the board and have her do things. So, and then we'll see what she if she wants ten minutes, if she wants the whole time, we'll do whatever uh, whatever we got time for it there. So that will that will go on. Otherwise, this Wednesday we are we are back on to um, Hebrews, and we're on Noah. This time we're looking at his his act of faith. Uh, if you did not hear the one with Enoch, I'll tell you what Enoch is a neat character. He is just an intriguing guy, and we spent some time in the last Wednesday night we were together. We spent some time looking at the uh, Enoch and the prophecy. One of the prophecies from his book that is basically a prophecy from the beginning uh, or from his beginning until the um, end of time. He actually gave a prophecy that encompassed all that, and divided it into two weeks, and it's just very intriguing, some of the things that had gone on. But uh, anyway, if you want to know some things about Enoch, and why he was put in there in the list, that's up there on the podcast, you can get that, you can watch the video on the Facebook, whatever that you want to do, all those things are, are available. We're going to get into Noah this week, and look at why he was a man of faith, why is he in the hero of faith, what is it that he did that was a faith-filled act. So, We'll get into that on Wednesday. Other than that, we'll see the rest of you here on Sunday next week, and uh greet these folks. We won't see them for for a little while, and uh yeah, pray for the moms and dads too as the little ones are are uh, separated. <laughs> <laughs> Lissy's got a a good handle on what's going on, but um, I don't think Chenzo knows anything about what's going going on. I did enjoy the pictures of him trying to get into the suitcase, though. That was <laughs> That was interesting. Have a blessed day, folks. Thanks for joining us here this morning.